Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. to Psychomedy, the Psychology of Comedy podcast. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And I've talked with well over 60 comedians now during lockdown and here we bring you part two of some of our favourite and memorable moments from those conversations. As always, so hard to pick favourites. All the episodes have been fantastic, so please go to psychomedy.co.uk for links to them all and patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy for bonus audio and video content, including unreleased and uncut episodes on film. As you may be aware, if you listen to all the episodes of Psychomedy, I've been using this time to get better at piano. I've even written a song to go alongside my new show, Roses from Joe. Now, Richard Branch played the piano, of course, for Whose Line Is It Anyway? So I just assumed he was sitting around all day playing music. Uh, I do not. I I never play music. I've never called myself a musician or made a living from it. Now, this is going to sound really weird, but um, at university... I kind of got together in a double act with Tony Slattery and then I did do the sort of musical direction for the Footlights back in sort of 82. But I've never really been a very good musician. I can't read music. But what I do have is a is a good comedic mind. I'm, you know, I make a living doing comedy. And if you're going to do a bit of music in a comedy show, the timing of it is really important. Being a virtuoso musician doesn't matter. And on whose line? I'm basically playing three chords, but as an improvising comedian, I know when those three chords should come in and I've got to keep it simple so that no one's alienated by the um, detailed cleverness of my Stravinsky impersonation. No, no, it's country and Western. It's three chords. Really, I could teach anyone to do any of the music that was improvised on whose line in 10 minutes. And I kept saying to my agent, Oh, you know, I'm really frustrated here. I'd like to actually do the games. That's what I do. I'm a comic. Mm-hmm. And it always said, oh, next season, they promised you can you can do the games if you do this season. And I believed him. I now realise it was not true. So I ended up doing it and did very well out of it. But, but as the old joke goes, you fuck one sheep. Um, <laughs> well, you know the joke. That's good. <laughs> People will have to Google that. But, um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's been an interesting platform. Funnily enough, people say, oh, at the comedy store, oh, Richard, you, you're doing the improvisation. Why didn't you do the games on the telly? Well, good question. Uh, and also, <laughs> people are very complimentary. They say, well, you, you, you're, you're as good as all the others on stage. And that's really nice that, that you bring something. It's a nice surprise when people see me uh, on stage doing the, doing the comedy. And people are always terribly nice about it so so i'm very lucky yeah yeah god that's interesting three chords because i'm learning piano at the moment i'm doing my grade oh. six at the moment so um I've, grade I've six seen... yes i, oh, I, I failed grade two <laughs> yeah. yeah i've got more time now of course i've got more time yeah. to yeah to do this so yeah interesting to hear i've got to listen back on all those old episodes and w- hear what three chords they were presumably c and f and 
Um, yeah, a G sometimes. <laughs> Elton John style, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've I've been training up with showstoppers doing their doing their courses. I don't know whether you know their pianist Duncan Walsh Atkins and Jordan Clark. They're like amazing. Oh, they're, God, they're amazing. Pianists. Yeah, now, those yeah. are proper musicians. There's so many good people around now yeah. doing the improvised music, and they really know their stuff. They're pro- they're proper West End Wendy's, you know. Yeah. So if you're not playing piano, as I visualised um, every day, what do you do anything particularly for kind of mental health? I mean, I find piano really good for my mental health. It allows me to forget about what's going on in the world for an hour or however long I'm playing it. Do you do anything like that? Or that's very interesting, actually. Mm. Um, I think music has been detrimental to my mental health because of the association the frustration of the association uh, of meeting people and say oh yeah so you play the piano for the comedy store players do you and that really hurts me because no i'm one of the comedy store players and you'll see me on stage as much as anyone you know possibly with kirsty or steve edis sat at the side doing the music so weirdly music for me has caused probably uh more mental health problems Callie Beaton was one of the first guests on The Daily Dose. 30 days later, we spoke again and she revealed all had not been good with her. As some of your lovely listeners will know, because <laughs> I'm not one to suffer in silence, uh, and I did daily updates for the last 30 days, mm. but yesterday is 30 days since my first symptom of coronavirus. So last time I spoke to you was the last time I was what I thought to be virus-free, but as it turns oh my out, goodness. Yeah. Were you feeling bad at all on that call or were you just totally well on that call and then immediately afterwards you started to feel terrible? I'm not saying there's a link. Well, weirdly, right before I spoke to you, I felt great. Then during the call, awful. As soon as I got (laughs) off the call, I felt good again. Uh, So I thought I just had it for the duration of the call. But then, uh, weirdly, that night, uh, in the dead of night, my my temperature went from being that of a normal human to um, something a little bit higher than a normal human. So yeah, it was all rather rather sudden. And from the next day on in, I was somewhat ill. Oh my goodness. And it's been 30 days. 30 days, which how long was Noah's Ark? Noah's Arking, was that, <laughs> how long was, was that 100 days? Are you saying you've had a virus of biblical proportions? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, because also they all did it two by two. So I probably <laughs> did more than like a sloth or an armadillo did back on that ark. So uh, yeah, I've had a Noah's Ark style uh, COVID experience. And I had a couple of false dawns, probably like Noah did. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the recent movie rendition of Noah. Of Noah. Um, whatever his name was in it, it'll come to me. My brain's a bit mushy. Anyway, I felt like I had a few false dawns. Uh, mm, like, just like, like just like Noah. Yeah, I'm going to look up while we're talking who did Noah in that because it was um, oh Mel, I think it might be Mel Gibson. Um, I'm going to tell you. But anyway, yeah, it was like that. It was epic. It was biblical. Um, it was very very upsetting. It was Russell oh. Crowe. He was Noah <laughs> in a really atrocious version of Noah that was released about five years ago. God, I want to see that. That sounds awful. I think everyone will have seen it by the end of lockdown because we're all running out of di- we've all run out of Tiger King a while ago. So um, lockdown so, would yeah. have to go on a long time for us to watch Noah starring Russell Crowe. Uh, well, I don't know. I will ask you in thirty days that you'll <laughs> yeah. get on with that resolution. So yes, it's been um, it's been a right laugh. A lot of comedy lived online throughout the lockdown, and some comedians actually did quite well. Mitch Ben even managed to go viral during the virus with his video, Keep Calm and Do Fuck All. It just popped into my head, this idea, this, <laughs> this rousing anthem. 
uh, <laughs> exhorting the populace to 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 do nothing. Um, and so I, I just did this and, and, and did a video for it, much the same as the videos I, I, I do for all my songs these days. It's me and my iPhone and a green sheet in my shed. Yeah. Um, and 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 just various clips of myself pottering about the house in my dressing gown. <laughs> and stuck it up in all the usual places. I think literally only about thirty-six hours ago. Yeah. And uh, and and it, we we did okay yesterday, which was like the first twenty-four hour period. And then so I went to bed yesterday thinking, oh, that was nice. That you know that 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 gained a bit of traction. I got me a few more Patreon followers. That's good. That's good. And then this morning I was actually doing my own podcast, recording an edition of my own podcast. Um, so I was talking to Elizabeth Miles, uh, the writer and uh broadcaster over skype much as we're doing now uh yep. for about an hour or so this afternoon and when i logged off it had just gone batshit and <laughs> i was all over the front page of the daily mail website and i'm getting you know it's it's being pirated all over i mean it's actually gone properly viral for the first time <laughs> of really anything i've done for a long time so it's a, it's quite uh quite a bizarre feeling that you know i mean i'm, I'm getting a, a friend of mine who lives in china Email me this morning to say she'd been sent it by two different people. Yeah, right. yeah, it's 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 extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And so, what's slightly enervating about it is the original version of the video has my little Patreon bumper on the end, mm. where I say, you know, if you enjoyed this, please go to my Patreon site because it's supporting me. And all the pirate versions have got that snipped off, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they don't know who it is, which is kind of annoying. But anyway, um, I, I think. I think enough people now know who it is to be able to tell the people who don't know who it is, who it is, if you see what I mean. Scott Caporo also turned to Instagram to keep busy doing stand-up every night at 8pm. And he didn't get heckled until he posted simple everyday exercise. I mean, also, we stopped kind of showing stuff of us outdoors because we've gotten so much grief about it from uh, people who are watching us who are local. Because Californians... You know, we're the first, we were the first state and really the first area in the U.S., the Bay Area, to be um, locked down. Not locked down, but told to stay indoors. Yeah. And I think for that reason, uh, our, our death numbers are low, but also people are taking it still very, very seriously. And, you know, there's a lot of people on their journeys in San Francisco, mm. you know, and <laughs> self-protection is a big thing. And they're willing to tell you their story, but from 10 feet away. And when they see us outdoors and stuff, we get a lot of grief for it online. So we, we stopped showing those videos of us running naked on the beach or you know, <laughs> a, a, <laughs> mud wrestling. We, we stopped showing those. So. Yeah. You get grief sometimes for the things you're allowed to do and the things yes, sometimes because... you're encouraged to do, which is go and, and exercise with the person that you live with. And uh... It's true. And my yeah. husband and I... You know, the, the Corona is like vacation because we hate people. So, <laughs> you know, we're keeping our distance, you know, at the best of times. So now, I mean, I went and saw my father yesterday mm. because it was Easter and he's 85. And I felt anxious about discussing that on Instagram. And, and we're, we're doing the Instagram stuff just to have something to do because otherwise we would be out of our minds. And um, I'm doing stand-up on Instagram every night at 8. And yes, then a lot of full yeah. show on Saturdays. It's insane because it's two room full of no one except my husband with a grouchy kind of a crabby look on his face while he's feeling <laughs> terrible audience member. And he, he jumps in and he jumps, he totally crushes my punchlines and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> we're doing that just because, you know, without that, we'd have no, you know, a form to our day. We'd just be like gypsies wandering the streets. So, yeah. you know, we're doing our best to sort of not go out of our minds. 
Edinburgh, the good, the bad and the really bad comes up a lot inside comedy. And during the lockdown, we were all wondering what was going to happen this year until it was announced that it was cancelled. And when I spoke to Sarah Keyworth, I found out not everyone was upset by the decision. When, when I heard a rumour, and I think I was maybe one of the few people that were sort of secretly hoping that Edinburgh would be cancelled. <laughs> okay. awful, because loads of people lost money, and it's not a positive thing, and the pandemic yeah. is terrible. But there was a little part of me that was like, I... I, I knew I was going to Edinburgh, like, momentum-wise. I've had two really good years, done, like, two very well-received shows. So I knew I needed yeah. to go back and, and keep the momentum going. But I was really struggling with what I wanted. I, I didn't want to do a show just for the sake of doing a show. I find, I don't, I find it hard to get into an, something and feel passionate about something if I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, and so I had about 25 minutes written, but I had I didn't really have anything that was exciting me or like hooking me into to the show. So uh, I'm, I mean, I still I'm still not 100 percent sure what the story about, and I still have to work on it because there's, there's it's highly likely that I will start touring it uh, in the autumn, winter, or whenever we get out of this. Yeah. Um, so the show still needs to exist, but yeah, I was. I was not wholly heartbroken when I found out that I didn't have to be turning up to Edinburgh in August with a polished show. Yeah, not wholly heartbroken. Were you, were you dancing? Were you dancing around the streets? Um, <laughs> not quite dancing, but maybe tapping my foot. Very sadly, for a couple of our guests, lockdown has been particularly difficult as they suffered bereavements. Steve N. Allen lost his mother just before lockdown and spoke about the lack of normality making grieving particularly hard. Just before all this lockdown happened, my mum had been ill for ages and part of the Edinburgh show that I did talks about the Alzheimer's and stuff and then she passed away this year. And oh, I, sorry. I, well, thank you very much. But I, I mean, I thought, okay, I've, you know, we've all been through grief. I know what I need to do now. Oh. And then this lockdown threw me a curveball. So actually, it would have been an easier lockdown for me if it weren't for the fact I've been trying to get my head around that when it's easier to deal with grief when life is normal as the canvas that you're painting it on. But when oh. this thing happens, I don't have a clue which way I'm facing some days. So it's very much ups and downs, keeping busy for the sake of keeping busy. Some days are brilliant. Other days are like, what the heck is going on? 2020, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, sorry to hear that. It, it, is, it, is, it is so up and down, even if you've got quite a good situation but yeah anything that happens outside of the situation just your god it's uh yeah must be very hard to cope with i mean yeah alzheimer's particularly that alzheimer's has affected my family and is affecting dementia is affecting my family at the moment and it's uh god it's it's hard to deal with at the best of times but uh yeah this time more than ever more than ever and it's it does and I'm, I'm sure you feel this as well i was trying to find the words to help me understand what it is that i'm feeling because my dad is still with us and he's got dementia as well oh, and it, i'm sorry it, but it, you'll feel this as well that the coronavirus comes along and attacks people like that it is worse for if you're older you're vulnerable if you've got oh. dementia you're not going to be on top of you know you trust other people to not have that disease to come near you he's in a care home and i was oh. reading today you know all the deaths in care homes and to have your emotional vulnerability in someone else that you're not allowed near is uh, terrifying. It's like walking around with your internal organs just out there for, for the birds to attack and you can't stop them. Um, uh, so that's, and I, I really, I see a lot on social media every day, people that I know on social media have lost loved ones to 
this coronavirus. So what I'm feeling with this mixture of lockdown and grief, every single day, it's like another 700 people are going to feel it. And the brilliant Ali Cook lost his mother to cancer just a week before we spoke. Here's our conversation. It's been a, 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 a tough couple of years, but uh, we did we did genuinely have a lot of good times together. So it's kind of, it's, it's actually okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How, how are you and the family doing? Do you, do you have the, yeah, the support that actually, you need and everything? Yeah, we're, we're lucky. We, we do have lots of friends. And yeah. uh, my mum had a great network of friends basically um she she was having chemo and um sort of every two weeks but there was like a rotor of friends helping her out and to be honest i think i think that's why she did so well because yeah. um you you really do need a, a support of of friends uh, li- literally to distract you i think really yeah. uh, and um and you know she 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 had a pretty busy social diary right until the end, and uh, I think if you can do it, it's really important. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, a lot of people as they get older, I notice they seem to their, their friends, you know, seem to have less friends. You know, I'm thinking of my parents and couples that I know that seem to be just just with each other all the time. And I think, yeah, as you say, having a a big network of friends is um, is so important at any time. But yeah, as you get older, I think uh, I think it really is. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that as performers as well. I mean, uh, I think I'm the worst for that. I mean, uh, well, almost any anyone I know on the circuit's like that because every Friday and Saturday you do a show somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, with a different I mean, uh, with a different best friend. Yeah, with a, yeah, <laughs> just for that hour for that, for that four hour car journey, and we all want to <laughs> yeah. just talk about we just want to talk about ourselves anyway. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard isn't it yeah i sometimes think i haven't seen my best friends in a while and somebody asked me on this podcast actually i was talking about a mate and they said oh yeah how is he in lockdown i think shit i haven't talked to him in seven weeks and i'm talking i'm calling him a good friend you know it's just like oh no yeah Um, i just think that's the thing with all it's the same with all performers Uh, because i do magic as well i you know and uh, I, i meet a lot of dancers and actors as well and it's the same it's just there's zero predictability of when you're doing your work or where you can be working that because of that you need pretty good wives and girlfriends and you need uh boyfriends and you need a a pretty pretty down-to-earth mates who understand that you might just suddenly vanish and do a corporate in burnley on a thursday (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah well man so much love to you at this time um so yeah, so I, I saw that your mom. I was watching a video, and I saw that your mom ran a like a new age bookshop when you were a kid, and that was a big reason you got into magic. Is that right? It is. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, it was quite a hilarious place, to be honest. Uh, was that in Yorkshire or? It was in Yorkshire. Yeah, originally, yeah. Um, I used to visit uh, a new age book centre with with my mum in in Knaresborough, uh, but then she opened her own one in Harrogate and I used to work there. And, yeah. you know, you certainly get pretty colourful characters at those places. <laughs> um, yeah, you always get them, don't you? They're, yeah, they're like crystals and like little, little odd things and as well as books, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, um, I don't know how much you're, you're into your new age spirituality. <laughs> but, I'm uh, not, get me into it, get me into it. It's, uh, you know, Reiki, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, dream catchers, tarot cards, crystals, 
anything to do with Buddhism or Hinduism. There's always a load of statues around and mm. ton, tons of books. And um, yeah, I, I quite like, I like those shops though. I like them. I, I probably oh. find it comforting, I think. Um, and oh. also it's quite interesting being a magician because most magicians are sort of atheists and quite cynical. Mm. And uh, I came very much from the opposite background, really. Not surprisingly, on recent episodes of Psychomedy, we talked a lot about the virus and the government's response, which has been confusing, to say the least. But Joe Caulfield spotted one of the strangest things. The weirdest one was him saying you can play sports uh, with your own family. <laughs> yeah. And it was just such a posh thing of like these, you know, because he's got millions of kids, like these posh families, millions of kids, and we all play rugger together. It was just such a weird thing to say. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite, I was going, because I immediately pictured like teams. I pictured <laughs> teams of people and they went, but he's talking about a family. What are you on about? <laughs> And also you said stuff that people are already doing. Wasn't yeah, he said, oh, yeah, you can yeah. visit your family, but social distance. And I thought, well, that's what everybody's been doing anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll go with Nicola on this one. She's staying with the simple slogan, so much better. Yeah. Stay home, stay safe. That's a much better slogan than his stay alert, but look at the colour to see how alert you should be. <laughs> and then watch out for the vibe, whatever it is, you know, crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy whoever thought of it you go oh my god people can't every day get up and go okay what color is it today oh it's yellow we can relax and also (laughs) there is one and he was saying that goes from one to five so i think one is no danger at all so you can't have between no danger and danger it's you know it's either dangerous or it's not you know but you go oh they're about yellow that's like it's oh yeah (laughs) yeah the graphics are so patronizing they they look like something off i don't know news round or, or play school and they're still talking about the yes. r numbers if we Seems don't understand nice. i mean maybe maybe people still don't understand but immediately after boris's speech last night they went to hugh uh, in the studio and he started talking about the r yeah. number again and and hugh has to nod as if he's like oh yeah tell me about it again i don't i don't understand it what if it's over one it's oh yeah it's just um yeah. So, yeah, and do that graphic again of how we yeah. see how it can multiply, and you go, yeah, we've got that because it is basically the same news over and over again. So I've sort of not really. I mean, I watched that speech because I thought maybe something new will happen, but otherwise, from being somebody who's very interested in the news, I'm not interested because it's nothing. There's nothing new. Mm, mm. And it's yeah. And do you, do you find it's it makes your kind of mental health worse if you if you consuming this news which is frustrating i don't know it, it, it does to me that's well, why boris I'm, yeah. yeah boris makes my mental health worse always anyway just the idea that he's alive sends me <laughs> frenzy so i yeah it's that thing where you you're sort of getting angry and i thought i don't want to be getting angry about this because there isn't much to be done yeah uh, now i get to, but even even like the clapping has been spoiled you know i go out and clap with my neighbors we all clap Mm. I did it sort of resentfully this week because I thought, oh, I don't, the government of, this was a natural thing, happened naturally, started naturally, and now it's become a thing that almost the government think is us sort of clapping them, saying, Mm -hmm. yes, we're all happy with everything. Um, So I had to put up a status going, I'm not, I'm not clapping for you, I'm clapping for the NHS staff. And then somebody took offence to that. That's the thing where you go. And then someone on Twitter went, well, most people are just clapping without having to tell everyone. As though I was boasting that I was clapping. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what kind of an arsehole do you think I am? And then I was like, well, he really clearly thinks I am an arsehole. (laughs) 
We caught up with Trevor Locke three times during the lockdown. The first time we spoke, he said he hadn't really noticed many differences to his lifestyle. So he was thinking of how he could fill the time. But yeah, my plan is I, I shall become a delivery uh, driver, I think. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to you know, see if I can get a job delivering right. stuff. Um, well, there's your first uh, first delivery by the sounds of it. Yes, yes, you can hear the telephone, can you? I forget sound works um, through microphones. Um, do you need to get uh, that? Is that your? No, no, because no, I'm in my parents' house, so I have I, I don't have to do anything really. All oh, right, yeah, lock the door. And... I mean, there's nothing more important than podcasts. I doubt this uh, phone call is more important than this podcast, but <laughs> yeah. Um, at this time, podcasts are important. Um, well, I've been listening into my parents' um, answer phone messages, actually. My, my dad is a very important member of the Jowett Car Club, and uh, there's been a lot of people uh, desperately trying to get hold of him because they need spare parts for the Jowetts. Um, I don't know if that's, uh, that's spiking because of the, uh, the lockdown, but, um, yeah. Mm. So, yes, is there... Um, I mean, yes, you said it hasn't really, not really going to change your life. But uh, do you see this as an opportunity to do anything new or anything apart from um, delivery um, of food, which is very, uh, very good? What, what company are you going to do it for? I don't know. I don't know yet. I thought I'd just wander up at some point. Mm. Uh, I'll wander up or, t- or call somebody, you know, uh, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, maybe Waitrose. I think I'm, I'm more Waitrose. Than Sainsbury's. <laughs> um, and... Uh, see what happens yeah um, even at this time i think it's good to keep your standards exactly exactly i mean if i had an asda delivery and you came i'd, I'd think it really was the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks later i checked back in with trevor to see if he'd made good on that the main thing that you predicted was that you were going to become an Ocado delivery driver i haven't seen you <laughs> deliver. <laughs> i haven't seen you deliver my shopping has that come to fruition no, I tell you why, because I think I've had, I think I've had the virus. I think I, I have. Um, a friend of mine is is certain that she's had it, and yeah. she told me the symptoms. And, and apart, I haven't, I, I didn't have a, a, a prolonged high fever, and I didn't have a prolonged, you know, persistent uh, dry cough. But um, she said she had a really weird taste in her mouth for ages. I've had that, um, and I've had the headaches. I've had the incredible fatigue. I've been uh, like when I've been walking, I've had to sort of stop walking because I've just been out of breath. Um, uh, so yeah, um, so, so yeah, I've been I've been sort of sleeping actually, and I've had oh. you know headaches and sleepiness, so I haven't felt like going out and getting a job. Yeah. Yet, but uh, it's it's still on my list. This week I am going to make uh, inquiries because I'm better now. But more recently, Trevor spoke openly about something that many of us have experienced during this time, which is struggling a bit. Uh, I don't know if I've got any better at it. I've, uh, I'm I'm wondering if I'm a hypochondriac. Um, mm. uh, I, I've had, um, as you know, I've had a, a, a not been feeling that well, mm. uh, but it comes and goes, and. Uh, and then there's also a little bit of anxiety that comes along with the uh, the physical uh, incapacitation, and, yeah. and and so then I've been thinking, hold on, which came first? Is is the anxiety causing the physical symptoms, or is the physical symptoms causing the anxiety? Mm. So I've been I've been going round and round in circles with that for the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, came so close to uh, 
signing up for uh, CBT oh, yeah. uh, with uh, a lady uh, in, uh, I think, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, there's an, there was an online CBT thing. Yeah. Um, How did you choose her? That I didn't choose her. She chose me. Oh. I don't know. I think it's random. I think so. You, 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 you could have. And I came so close to signing up to this thing. It's a bit mm. too pricey, and I'm not earning much money at the minute. Mm. Uh, slash any money. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's an online thing where they just place you with. And I think it's based in the states, which which is why I was uh, I was uh, placed with a lady called Tavona, I mm. think from uh, Atlanta, and. Uh, and then I thought, oh, can I get it for free? So I went on YouTube <laughs> and, <laughs> and watched some things and then read some things. And just because I just wanted to know if the strange things that I've been feeling could be uh, caused by anxiety. Uh, um, I just, uh, I, I have no idea if, if, if uh, what I'm experiencing is anxiety <laughs> or, uh, or, 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 or uh, my doctor uh, suggested that it might be. Uh, something called post-COVID syndrome. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't. I don't know because I, I don't feel anxious all the time. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I was. So my question was: Can you have these physical experiences? These physical yeah. symptoms can they be caused by anxiety? Mm. Even though you don't feel anxious. What do you? You're, you're a psycho. Yeah. I'm not ang- anxious. You know, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Okay. But I am on the days where I'm absolutely unbelievably exhausted and can't mm. sort of walk. Yeah, um, uh, I'm I'm like that for the whole day. Yeah, um, and can can that you know um, be brought on by or heart palpitations, which I'm having at the minute? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I know they could be brought on by anxiety. But if mm. you're not feeling, you can't feel anxious twenty four seven, can you? Well. I mean, you, you, I mean, you can really, but uh, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like you're, if, you, if you're not feeling anxiety, but absolutely. I mean, even moments of anxiety can cause physical issues and physical issues. If you're having a post-COVID syndrome, then that can cause anxiety in terms of, oh my goodness, what's, wor- you know, what's, what's wrong with me? I've got these yeah. heart palpitations or I'm just feeling low generally i mean i went through a time when i was 20 i had a kind of post viral syndrome a post um yeah post glandular fever syndrome where yeah, I, I had that years ago yeah yeah where i was physically unable to walk really not unable but very difficult to walk down the street for a week and and then it just quickly led to mental health issues and that led to more physical issues and you really have to you know i mean you're doing exactly the right thing recognizing it trying to trying to you know trying to touch base with people but yeah i mean i'd say that the counseling professionals we partner with that thread up they're offering free check-ins if money no needed. way so they're yeah they're offering free 20 oh, minute or hour-long check-ins so you can oh, great so you can certainly touch base yes. with them doing the daily dose was a great way for me to keep busy and keep my mental health in good shape i love checking in on my friends and colleagues to make sure they were doing okay But maybe the biggest thrill was when I got to speak to my comedy heroes. No, not Jim Bowen and Noel Edmonds, but the wonderful Trevor and Simon. And I told them about watching their old clips with my 12-year-old son. 
maybe briefly. Yeah. What's, what a thrill to have you on. I've just been speaking to Trevor about uh, reminding myself of all your sketches with my 12-year-old son. I'll say what I said to Trevor, which is we sat up at 10 o'clock last night and he was laughing like I've never heard him laugh before. He watches like Marvel films and he was laughing all the way through. And what a joy, you know, 20, 30 wow. years later to be there with my son watching those sketches. Huge fan. Uh, what a thrill to oh, have you on. Nice Thank, to you. Hear. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. And I'm not the only person that loves you, obviously. Because um, <laughs> looking at those sketches, you, of course, I don't know whether you're ever brave uh, enough to look at the YouTube comments, but you should because um, you, unlike any comedian, including Ben Norris, you're universally loved. Um, there was a comment I saw. <laughs> I, there's a comment I saw under the, um, one of the sketches which said, and I quote, in my opinion, they did more for British entertainment than the Beatles. Wow! <laughs> You'll right. take that, won't you? Yeah. yeah that, that, right, okay. That's, <laughs> right. Are you better than I'm just going to let that lie. That, yeah, yeah. that is we out there. Uh, we're, we're clearly not better than the Beatles, but rather scarily, given that the Beatles were primarily a music group, I think they were funnier than us as well. <laughs> They were funny. They make more films than us, that's for sure. That's probably what he meant, actually. You're just funnier than the Beatles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're better at comedy than the Beatles. But uh, no, we've not I mean, even managed. We've not even managed to be funnier than a bloody Volkswagen Beetle. Have you seen Herbie Rides Again or Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo or The Love Bug? I will not say funnier than us. <laughs> well, you look at your YouTube comments. Thousands, well, millions I, 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 of comments I, I, will say the um, say the opposite. We were talking about this the other day because I, I think it was on Facebook. Someone uh, uh, tagged me into a thing on the the BBC CB, uh, BBC BBC broom cupboard page. We've been mentioned on that, and someone mm. said, you know, has, has anyone still got this? And it was a picture of our stupid video from the early nineties. And and honestly, it was really really nice to see the comments just went on and on about how yeah. great it was. And, like, and then, then <laughs> and on this one list, and there was one comment. One out of this massive list, and it said, Well, actually, they grated on me. And I, <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, it was the one thing that I took away. I told of my course. wife, I told all the family, I just said, Look, apparently that happened, you know, and I couldn't get Trev, it out of my head. Yeah, Trev, I, I did, I did, I did have a few words with my mum about that. <laughs> <laughs> Some have found ways to stay creative and others not so much. It's been hard for everyone. But I'd like to think much good has come out of it. One of the new skills a lot of people have taken up in lockdown is baking. So we'll leave you with the brilliant Murray Lachlan Young and his wonderful poem. It's called um, Jogging and Baking. Oh, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so it's all about staying busy and uh, baking and jogging. Yeah. Jogging and baking and uh, sit-ups and baking and reading and baking and chatting to friends and then eating and baking and then going out jogging to jog off the baking then getting back home and then going out shopping and queuing and baking and trying to make sense of the stuff that is happening and baking and jogging and listening to bulletins then to the people repeat what they're saying over and over in strange newsy voices then baking and jogging and trying not to feel gloomy and wondering just where the whole thing is going and jogging and baking and baking and jogging then realising whole generations of people people went through so much worse for so very much longer and that was before the invention of jogging and they didn't even have the things that were needed for baking so feeling quite grateful for baking and jogging then going to bed and then dreaming of baking and waking each morning and asking somehow has it gone back to normal then seeing it hasn't and so jogging and baking and baking and jogging and jogging and baking and baking and jogging and jogging and baking some more <laughs>
So that was our show for today. Join us again next Friday for more Psychomedy. We will be doing a few more of these best of shows with different themes before our main episodes return as normal on Friday, August the 7th. If you'd like to support the podcast and get access to loads of great video and audio bonus content, including unreleased episodes and full uncut video of episodes, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. And for as little as £5 a month, you can support the podcast in this way. So that's about £1 an episode or less, and it really, really helps us bring this podcast to you. But more than anything, thank you for listening. Please listen back on all the episodes. Please give us a five-star review and spread the word. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There are mental health tips there from our counselling partner professionals at ThreadUp, who are also offering free check-ins at this time. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Thank you so much for all the support. Loads of love to you all. Stay healthy. Stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy next Friday.